Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Uh, golly gosh, hey, church planner. Well, hi there. <laughs> Who's this? It's a car cast. It's a car cast. Woo! So, I haven't had a car cast forever. Is this going to be like a two minute podcast or is it, is it, what are we doing? Well, I think it's going to be about a 30 minute podcast. Because let me guess. I, I figure. Your drive's about 30 minutes? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and I've been up since 4 a.m. and out on the road since about 4.40 a.m. So, Joni's uh, not too great for things today, but I've been talking all day, so I'm still ready to talk. But when I get home, I'm pretty sure I'm going to collapse. Well, I don't know if that's good or bad. But, uh, you well, know, since, since this is the well, afternoon... And uh, it's spur of the moment. No, we're gonna kill it. I, I got, yeah, I got nothing, man. I, I got nothing prepared. I feel it. I'm, I'm yeah. just. I, I can feel this though. I can feel this is a good thing. What I want to do. Hey, is, what'd you think of that birthday card I got, Jamie? <laughs> I was wondering who got who that card. <laughs> Dude, you know, if it was the other way around, I'd be like, yes. <laughs> Well, you were pretty excited when you when you sent it to me. The funny Dude, I thought it was hilarious. I can't share with everyone listening to the podcast what the card said. No, it it no. was perfect. What was her reaction? She has a reaction to it. I haven't given it to her yet. No. I'm, I'm I loved waiting. the note that said, "Who said the perfect card didn't exist?" Me. I'm like, <laughs> that's like the perfect birthday card ever. Oh my gosh, that was funny as heck. Oh so, uh, so, so I figured, Pete, 
And if I cut out for a second, don't anyone panic. Don't touch that dial. It's because I'm in California driving and uh, we just cut out sometimes. That's, that's just what happens. But uh, I figured, Pete, it would be really good for us to address our audience and uh, pretty much tell them, hey, we're not going to be around for a couple weeks because uh, I am going to be in Atlanta next week. And you are going to be tormenting children at a summer camp. So let's just kind of catch up. I mean, basically, uh, we're going to be off for a few weeks. And maybe it's good to just kind of prep everybody for that. You're going you're gonna to have to get through life without us for a little bit. Church I, don't, I don't know that that's possible. I know. You, you bring, bring someone close to you, hold their hand, and repeat after me. I can get through this with the Lord's help. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. I should have told them to click their heels together. There's no podcast like the church planner podcast. There's no podcast like the church planner podcast. Hey, we're going to do great today, Pete. Yeah. So, so uh, I'm looking forward to Friday. Fr- Friday's the big day. What? I think I talked about this on the last podcast. That we did, but it still hasn't happened yet. What's happening on Friday? I get my tattoo, the first of many. Nice. You did talk about this. and uh, I'm getting a full sleeve. A full sleeve. (laughs) You liar. (laughs) That would be rad, though, to write that in letters that wrap around your whole arm. Full sleeve. (laughs) Get, Get the words full sleeve, wrap it around my arm. Look, I got a full sleeve. Yeah. I like it. Do generic like and with the right? like used to get like generic brand things. You guys remember when uh, Public Image Limited came out with with the uh, no name brand album cover and it just said album and it had that like baby blue and white label. Right. Did that lose you? No, no. Well, sometimes you do. Sometimes, sometimes you fade in and out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so uh, that's cool. So where's it going? Uh, it's going on my forehead. Nice. <laughs> so that you know, it's like your phylactery. No, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting it on my my forearm, the inside of my forearm. Nice. So I'm looking forward. So to we can be like Wonder Twin Powers and touch our tattoos together. No, Wonder I'm not. Twin Powers activate. My Maybe tattoo. We'll is not touching your tattoo. That's all I'm saying. I'm not. Why? I'm not we could touching. be tattoo buddies. That's just. Don't, it be, sounds, don't make it weird. It's natural. It's it okay. sounds gross. It sounds gross. <laughs> well, not okay. So, like, when your tattoo is all scabby and nasty, no, I won't touch it. But afterwards, we could touch our tattoos together and see if magical things happen. Did it actually hurt when you got yours? Because I'm getting mine in the same place. No, you got yours. no, they don't. It doesn't hurt. I didn't think so. It doesn't look like it would. No, it doesn't hurt. Anyone that tells you it hurts. Now, I have heard certain parts of the body, not not where you think, but like, um, oh, where was it? My brother, I think he said his rib cage hurt. And it, it's just that the skin is sensitive in that one area. It's almost like certain parts of your body are, are more ticklish than others. But uh, no, no, I don't. It, it doesn't hurt. I mean, it's not super comfortable. But I think when you're doing it, you're just excited. You're getting one. So it's fun. And it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch a guy do it. Is, um, 
Is your brother taller than you? About an inch. Oh, okay, so it's just not a tall family. Yeah, he has all the cool stuff. Like, like I got the leftovers when God made me and my brother. He got like the extra inch of height, and he got black hair, and I got like dark brown hair, and one inch shorter. So I've always been a little jealous. He's also smarter than me and tougher and stronger than me. So it's like it's like I'm the Terminator T2000. But see, and he's like the really cool liquid metal one. I got to say that I'm not really surprised that he's smarter, better looking. Uh, I don't think it takes much, really, you know, and stronger. I don't think it takes much to beat you yeah, in those it's like, categories. It's like the six million dollar man, faster, stronger, better. You know, Dude, like that you know, opening that six I million. Show. At six million dollars, they should have bought like a thousand of them. That was such yeah, a steal. No, no kidding, right? Yeah. Well, back then they're like six million dollar man. Back then, like you know, they they the technology was not at the place. It was like there wasn't much of it, so they couldn't even put a cassette deck in that guy because <laughs> that that wasn't invented yet. Like that would have been that would have added another two million dollars on. Did you ever see Iron Eagle? Of course, you saw Iron Eagle back in the day. Of course. Lewis remember Jackson how Jr. he would always and the kid that looked like me remember how he would always put in his cassette and then he could like go kick butt in the air when he's like playing yeah. his tunes dude yeah. that's that's what the six million dollar man needed he needed to have his own little cassette and like as soon as he put that in he could run fast he could fight that techno music playing as he's kicking butt that'd be rad Dude, I remember as a kid, we'd always walk really slow and be like, yeah, I'm going so fast because you're right. You're just walking slow because the whole show was in slow-mo when he was running really fast. Oh, yeah. You go. So I think it was a bionic woman where it showed her squeeze a tennis ball at the beginning. Like that was her thing. Yeah. She could squeeze a tennis ball. And in the 70s, as cheesy as that sounds, we're all like, whoa, she pops the tennis ball. With their bare hands. Yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, it well. They were innocent times. Yeah. I remember it well. So, uh, yeah, man. So, uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm like the left of my brother's like the $6 million man. But, yep. Hey, you guys didn't come to hear about my brother. You came, you, you came here to hear about Pete. So Pete, you called me with some news. I, I can't, I'm not at liberty to share my news. It's not my news and I can't share it, but I'll, I'll share generally about what's been happening, but I'll, I'll let you share yours first so I can steal your thunder and share my news. I don't, I don't have any news. What are you talking about? Number six, victory. Come on. Oh, pfft. yeah, dude, that was crazy. <laughs> what was funny? Okay. So I got my six, well, tell, tell them what it is. Six victory on Fortnite uh, for a solo match. And uh, I literally did not kill a single person until the very last guy. It was down to him and me. It's so unfair. I know, right? It's down to him and me. And he was already like down to partial health because he just no, no, he dude, he was a pro. Like all of a sudden, I show up and he starts doing the builds, right? And like those guys who can like build and then they're jumping all around on their build and then they're like, you know, they get all the good spots and they shoot and kill you. Well, yeah, and yeah. I'm down to like 28 health. So I run under his build because it was on the side of a mountain and he like doesn't come after me. So I take a med kit, get back up to a hundred, 
pull out the shotgun and he like misses me and he's right in front of me and it's just like a perfect headshot and I take him out and it was it was so unfair it was so unfair there was much weeping and gnashing of teeth can you imagine being in his house at that moment dude he He probably had like he probably had like 16 kills and then this guy shows up with no kills and then takes him out yeah, your guy can't even build a structure. Like, oh, what, what, what you doing there, friend? Yeah, I can't. I <laughs> You're can't. All jumping around. Yeah, it's it's tough. But dude, it's the tough. new you haven't played the new season of Fortnite because it just came out yesterday. No, it's all no, alien based. Know, I, I haven't. I've not been playing video games. They came out with World of Warcraft Classic, uh, Burning Crusade, which if I were going to play something right now, I'd play that. But the problem is. My house is like a tip, like, uh, the, sorry, as British speak for disaster zone, um, tip means like a garbage dump. I've got box, I'm unpacking books and trying to get my office put together. And it is a butt ton of work. And I've got, I'm on these crazy film shoots for Through the Word and Zondervan. And so it's like, I'm just busy, man. So I'm like, I'm like having to squeeze it in at weird times, like, I'll go home right now and I said I'll collapse. I probably won't. I'll probably go and like try to get stuff put away, miserably fail, rethink my life and curl up in a ball. Cause it's just never ending, but yeah. So yeah, that's so I- cool, dude. Yeah. I want to play it, but I, I did hear someone hate on it today uh, that I was filming with. They said, no, you know, Maybe like you get sucked up in the air in a spaceship and then you can shoot people from above. And he, obviously he's been picked off a couple of times. He was not having it. Yeah, it's true. You can fly a UFO and uh, you can shoot people from the UFO. Or when you play duos, Luke drives the UFO and he picks me up <laughs> and starts carrying me. And then I start shooting people on the ground. So, you know, whatever. Watching you and Luke play would be hilarious. Oh. I would love to see that, dude. Yeah, it's we 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 definitely both look forward to it. It's fun. Oh, that's fantastic! Man. I'm much better when fantastic. I play by myself, but it's fun playing with Luke. Do you find yourself acting inappropriately? Like, because that that that's got to be hard, right? Like, like you know, these little kids like cussing you out and stuff, and like no, because I like, don't. I know I'm not that good, but like. We, we played um, a duo match. It was our last game of season six. So it was Tuesday night. And we're like, look, you know, it's almost time for bed. We're going to play one last duo game. And I usually have a strategy for how I don't get killed. Right. And like, he's like, oh, yeah. we're going to land here. And I'm like, oh, all right. It's too close to the flight path. We, I'm not kidding. We must have had like, four to five kills each within the first 10 minutes. Cause it was just, everyone was there and we're just like, it was, it was a kill fest. We were killing everybody and it was down to like four or five people. And, uh, and we got taken out, but it was, nice. it was one of the best matches ever that we had. Cause we were both just, what, on what fire. Made it good? we were both just on fire. We were both on fire, just That's killing crap. everybody. So does Luke, is he really verbal? Like when he's, when he's winning, he's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. Jumping around and he's jumping so, around and shouting. And- 
he's so loud. Like, okay, so his friend Thanasi <laughs> is like, we play with his friend Thanasi all the time. We'll play trios. His friend Thanasi is the best, like out of the three of us, like it's not even close. And all of a sudden, like you hear Thanasi and Luke yelling really loud. And so Thanasi's mom, her name is Sophia, and she and Jamie are texting. And uh, Jamie like texts her, well, you know, at, at least uh, they all seem to play nice together. And then Sophia goes, yeah, I just heard Thanasi say, hey, Mr. Mitchell, can you please pass me the pump shotgun? <laughs> She's like, that's not something you expect your kid to say every day. So That's so rad. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, can you hear me right now? I can. My uh, my headphone, one of them blinked out. I don't know what's going on. So. What? Yeah, yeah. No, we can hear you. Okay, I may have to go to the uh, the old car speaker, but we'll see. So, uh, you know, I want to share with you guys something that's that's been kind of cool. Um, recently, I've been kind of like in a front row seat to three people coming either back to Jesus or to faith for the first time. So um, it's really cool. Like like there's a guy right now who's become a really good friend and we, we do models and stuff. And, um, you know, the, the ideas that we're, we're discipling, um, I, I don't say like, Hey dude, can I disciple you? It's not, it's not how it works. Uh, we're just going to get together and do, um, you know, like do models and, you know, I, I we joke around and call them nerd hobbies because this dude's anything but a nerd. He's, he's pretty cool. You know, he, some people at the church plan I go to, they, they picked him up at a skate park and uh, kind of got to know him there. And he started coming to church and um, he and I nerded out one morning. We're like, Hey, you know, like uh, I was saying, Oh yeah, you know, I'm working on this textbook and I keep thinking I want to get back into this thing, world of Warcraft, you know, or not world um, Warhammer. I haven't done that thing for like 20 years and I used to nerd out on it. And, um, and he's like, that I would do that again. That that stuff's cool. And so we kind of both are getting sucked into it at the same time. And uh, I've never played a game. So he really wants to play the game for me. I'm like, I just like painting these stupid things, you know? And uh, so it was just kind of cool. Like, like being a part of his journey and just, you know, I, I, I'm not at liberty to say, like some of the cool stuff, but like last night just was a Holy spirit moment and all around me right now, I'm just conscious that things are really starting to, to catalyze and pop a bit. And I just want to check you still there, right? Yep. Okay. And, um, so, but anyways, uh, my plumber who, uh, you know, I was in the high school group with him when I was a kid and we were all coming to faith and, he was like, again, he was like a, a drummer in a punk band and stuff, came from a really bad home, like really probably the most broken home of any of the kids I hung with. And um, years ago, when when uh, the pastor that that was our pastor back then had a moral failure, he and a bunch of my friends took off like, yeah, this is a bunch of, bunch of bull crap. We're out of here. And... Um, so recently I saw him on Facebook. Anyways, he came back to the faith partially through his sister. Um, he said his sister invited him to church right about the time I reached out to him. 
And he went with her because she was uh, recovering off of like decades of drugs, but she had come to faith. And he was like, you know, I used to tell her about Jesus all the time. Anyways, so he comes to work at my house and we start talking. And the other night he tells me, he goes, you know, you're part of the reason I've come back to God recently. And, and I go, really? Like, I, I don't really think I have much to do with that. And he goes, no, man. He goes, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's really, it, it really impacted me that after all these years, they're still walking with God. And that had a massive impact on mm. me. And, and when we started talking and you were just, you were just as solid as you've ever been, you know, with, with Jesus, he's like, it just really stood out to me. Like, He's real in Peyton's life. And, um, and it was just kind of cool, man. Cause I was like, you know, like, like what's weird is there's all this unconscious kind of ministry going on. And then there was one other person, which I won't mention who recently, again, whether they came to faith for the first time or coming back to God to them, they feel that it is coming to faith for the first time. But, uh, someday I've been talking with for a long time, um, just recently, came to faith. And I'm just right now, I'm just kind of like, all right, Lord, what's going on? Like, this is just, this is a lot all at once. Like what's happening, you know? And uh, again, it's starting to feel for me a little bit like, you know how, like I've talked before, like the apostolic gifting where it's unconscious and it kind of operates around you. Does that make sense? Yeah. You there? Yep. That that's what it feels like to me right now. And I'm and of course those of you that know, I'm getting ready to to go back into some some pretty big stuff into some ministry in a big way. So it's not on accident, I don't think, that these things are happening, but I'm starting to to sense that catalytic um apostolic thing churning around me right now. Um and that's where like Paul says, uh you know, according to the power that works within me. And then he says, I, Paul, yet not I, but Christ in me. There's, there's all these scriptures where Paul will describe that, that this is not me, you know, same with Jesus, where he's like, you know, who touched me? I felt the power go out of me. Right now, I'm just, I can't take any credit for this stuff is what I'm trying to say. Um, I don't think I'm the main player in all these, but I'm definitely a, a part of them. Um, but it's not, I can't, I can't say I did that, you know, and which is good. You should never say that. But I guess what I'm saying is there's definitely a sense in which I've just had this rad front row seat recently to all these people, just God, just dealing with people. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of blown away to be honest. That's awesome. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's been cool, man. It's been really cool. So, uh, so that's, that's been my stuff. Well, um, I have nothing. I, I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> you called me and said, Hey, I, I let's do know. the podcast. I'm like, I'm unprepared. I always spend three hours prepping for our podcast and I got no time. <laughs> <laughs> three hours prepping for the podcast. That's so oh. funny. We are the Seinfeld of podcasts, the show about everything, the show about nothing. Yeah. All at the same time. Pretty much. I love how it's usually uh, about 10 seconds before we start. By the way, what's today's topic? Oh, here's what we're going to talk about. Great. Sounds good. I'll just sit back when and you finally get to the usually changes midway through. Yeah, because yeah, I usually end up bringing up like something you. that takes over. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then we never recover that original idea. Yeah, that's you the way it goes. Keep a list like this is the schedule. But I did want to say Don Stoner would very much like to start coming on to the podcast and do a mini series with us on how to speak with um, skeptics and how you know science in the faith. I mean, this is a crazy scientist, so he's ready to go. We want to start hitting at the end of June, beginning of July. He's like, yeah, sign me up. I'll come running. You mean we uh, could do like a season, like how other podcasts break their podcasts up into seasons, and we've only been doing episodes? Yes, we could do a three-part series, my friend. Gee, that doesn't sound like a pastor. Wouldn't that be great, though? Have Don Stoner on? Oh, it'd be great to have Don Stoner. You know how I feel about about series, though. Yeah, I know. But but think of it as one conversation with three distinct parts. Did you ask him? Did you ask him if he was a theistic evolution? Uh, no, I did not. Because he is. uh, I should ask that. He's he's a theistic evolution, totally. Well, I think you know what I. The more that you say that now, I'm thinking, uh, I think he, I know he believed in, okay, so th- this is what I think he may believe in, is that there was animal death before the fall, but not human death. That I remember. I don't know. I haven't had that conversation like, with him, but, and, and like I said before on our podcast, when we did talk about him and science and all that stuff, you know, probably couple of years ago now i i don't have a problem with theistic evolution like that's the only type of evolution that no. even makes any sense to me is yeah yeah i don't i don't have a problem with with any anything that that you know wherever someone tries to shake science out if they're trusting the bible they're trusting the scripture they're trusting they're going hey you know i believe the bible like i believe but what if someone is distrusting their interpretation of the bible so right. for example like Archbishop Usher years ago said the world was 6,000 years old and people, you know, for a time were saying things like, well, if you don't believe that, you're just a heretic, you know? And then people came along and said, no, wait a second, you know, because then other people, oh no, there's an error. It's 10,000 years. And then, you know, uh, to me, when it gets into all that, you start going, no, it has to be my interpretation of what the scripture is saying or you're a heretic. That's where I have a problem. Right. If someone says, no, I don't believe, I think the Bible's a bunch of bunk where it's talking about creation, yada, yada. Then I got a problem. And Don's definitely not there. Don's like, Hey, well, have you considered this? Now I did not know. And, and I remember you saying that and I'm like, I don't think so. And, and so for me, I don't think so. I, well, it, I, it was, I, the, I, I it was totally wrong. I was able to use his arguments with my buddy and help lead him to Christ because I could show how you could believe in evolution and believe in God at the same time and, you know, being yeah. theistic evolution. And so, I mean, to me, yeah. cause it's like, I don't, I mean, did God create some sort of evolution, not on its own, right. But literally theistic evolution where God was in every step of the development or did God just all of a sudden create everything? Or, you know, it's like, I don't know. I wasn't there. Yeah. Who cares? Exactly. Yeah, who cares? I don't really Seriously. care either. Right. We'll find out one day. Cause yeah. it'll be cool. It's like a history lesson, our history, but at the yeah. end of the day, I don't and, really and care. God will probably be like, yeah, God will probably be like, Hey, here's what I did. None of you 
they right. had figured it out. This is that's what I, I think is going to happen. Yeah, totally. But, but it was cute listening to all your little theories. Right. You know? Exactly. And, uh, you know, but, but, <laughs> and then boy, won't we all be surprised? Uh, what happened next? No one could have saw <laughs> <laughs> heaven's clickbait. Well, one so, thing, yeah, we're, one know, thing it, we're, we're sure on is that uh, God didn't create the COVID that was created in a lab in Wuhan. Oh, wait, sorry. Wrong, wrong, oh, wrong podcast. Oh, oh, wrong podcast. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your conspiracy theory podcast. That is. We haven't talked about the Nephilim. The, to quote Chris Lane, the guy that I do through the word with. You can't talk <laughs> about the Nephilim in the evangelical world, in the Protestant world. Are you crazy? <laughs> Those verses don't mean what you think they mean. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. So uh, the, the, the Nephilim are... You know, so I worked for through the word app and Chris is great because Chris, we were just having this. Chris is a scientist, you know, he's, he's uh, engineer and he did a ton of science and, and, and he goes, look, he goes, you know, there's this pity of science against religion. That's just not cool. Like, he's like, look, you know, and you and I've talked about this, that um, at the end of the day, like I've told people 100% cause I, I, when I left the church I planted in the UK, uh, one of the guys, um, it goes, I'm an atheist. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're an atheist. This is like years later. Uh, one of the kids that they that had come to faith there, he's like, well, I don't believe in literal six day creationism anymore. So I'm an atheist. <laughs> like, what are you? And I guess some pastor had told him that he could not be a Christian if he did not hold to this guy's interpretation of, of the Bible. And it was like, I said, do you believe God created the world? And he goes, yes. I just think he, he used evolution. Now, just to, to be clear, I'm not there. That is right. not my view at all. But right. well, and that's, that's my point too. Like I don't run to like evolution. Isn't my go-to, yeah. but I don't have a problem with theistic evolution. And I especially don't have a problem using that to help convince people of Christ. So it's like, all right, well, whatever well, it takes. Here's the thing I, I told him, and, and we've said this before. I said, wait a second, wait a second. So what you're telling me is you, that's what, like, you believe God created the world. You just think he might've done it differently than, than, than what you've been told by a Bible teacher. And he goes, yeah. And so now that makes you an atheist. And he goes, yeah. And I said, and he goes, well, I have to be right. I said, no, you put your faith in Christ. I mean, you've trusted him, his death and resurrection for your salvation, right? He goes, yes. And I said, so, so let's just walk this scenario through. You've done everything the Bible says. Um, you, you, you were walking with God. You love God. You felt great. And all of a sudden someone told you this. I go, now you, 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 you go to heaven after placing your entire faith in Christ. And let's just walk through this scenario. Let's say St. Peter's there. He's not going to be there. But let's just, for the sake of argument, you get to the gates of heaven and someone goes, whoa, pal. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's your view on evolution again? Right. Whoa, almost slipped by us there, pal. Wait, wait a minute. No, you can't come in. I'm like, dude, that is not the criteria based on which you are saved. And, and he goes, so I can believe? I'm like, dude, you can believe that? Yes. That's not a problem if, because here's the thing I told him, I go, I don't know what, how God, I just know he did it by faith. 
I believe that God created the heavens and the earth. That is what I believe by faith. It is faith. Whatever, however he did it, I don't think even science right now has a great handle on, on, on what happened. I think they're, they're picking things up and they're trying to piece it together. But uh, I, no, you know, actually, to me, that's one of the most interesting things. Like when you look at science, they 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 are in trouble and they have to believe in certain things, because if they don't, the next logical choice is a God. And so it's like, OK, well, then I, I'm going like their their faith is in scientism more than it is in the science itself. It's like it's become its own religion. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, it really has. If if I don't believe this, then the next logical choice is a god. Like even the uh, the the multi universe theory, you know, where there's uh, you know some sort of mechanism that's kicking out universes, and it's like, okay, yeah. do you realize how? Like, let's say that's possible. It's not my go to, but let's say it is. That means you have to have a system more fine tuned than even our universe. Because it has to be a system that can pump out our universe and the next one and the next one and the next one and an infinite number of them. I'm like, that has to take a God. Like, it's impossible that our universe just right. popped out. But to have a system where multiple universes, pop, like, that's that's infinitely harder than this. Like, yes. there has to be a God if you believe in the multi-universe theory. Like, there has to there be. There cannot be a God, but suddenly as soon as like you get a whisper of yes the government acknowledges there are these unidentified phenomenon happening ufos all of a sudden suddenly aliens these other mythical mystical beings put us and then now there's not just one all-powerful god there is a race of omnipotent all-powerful life creating life-giving beings who can defy the laws of, of physics. Like all of a sudden you're like, wait, so now you believe that the laws of nature can be contradicted because that's what we seem to observe happening. And then those, those scenarios, now you believe that someone has the power to impart life. Okay. Okay. Something other than that, like all of a sudden, all that rationalistic scientific, uh, um, uh, what do you call it? Continuationist theory just dissolves overnight. They immediately go to these other beings, not a being, but other mystical, mythical beings. They're, they're made up most likely, you know, I, I don't doubt even, even that, like the same thing. I don't doubt the possibility of aliens. I just find it amusing how people that will lecture you about a belief in God will suddenly gravitate towards aliens. Right. Yeah. It's really funny. And I, I know we've made that point before, but when hey, C.S. Lewis had that great thing, book, right? Where, you know, ours was the, the one so planet good. that didn't give glory to God. And so good. Yeah. I think the problem yeah. that, that, that most people, most Christians who are, who say there can't be any aliens, it's because they can't imagine a creature that didn't fall. <laughs> like it's like, right. it's, it's possible that we're the example to the rest of the universe of what happens when you turn your back on God. I mean, it's possible. I don't know. I have no idea, but well, that, that know. was, that was the, um, you know, I was walking through Romans one with one of the individuals I was talking about 
And, uh, and we were just talking about it, you know, that the wrath of God is, is being revealed against all heaven. And Paul's whole point there is the natural consequences of our actions are leading to this like corruption of society. And whenever you take God out of society, that corruption just accelerates the stupidity. The, the lack of logic and common, it all starts. That's why Paul immediately starts talking about foolishness. You know, their foolish minds are darkened. You know, that they, in their foolishness, they profess themselves to be wise, but they became fools. That's what we see happening right now. As, as there's more and more, even Christians deconstructing their faith. I, I really do sense right now that something of spiritual significance is taking place. We're having people suddenly publicly uh, denounce their faith. Um, it, it does seem to me like there is a falling away that is happening. Not, not. I'm, I'm not being apocalyptic here or like speaking out of Revelation. Um, what I'm saying is, in places where the rest of the world, where the gospel is growing and advancing, in our society, it is decreasing. And it's, I just find it super fascinating that um, Christianity is, is in many ways ceasing to become a Western religion and is very much becoming a religion in the rest of the world. I just find that fascinating right now. I know we're jumping all over shop today because we don't yeah, have but you know what? Just what, you just, what you just reminded me of was, you remember when we had uh, Saeed's wife on the podcast and yeah. we asked her, you know, how did you, know, our usual question, how did you come to faith? And I remember her saying, I don't know if it was her or her brother had an like a, a, a vision of Jesus, like they're Muslims, yep. right? They had but a vision yep. of Jesus. And, and I remember thinking that hearing that and going, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if God makes sure that everybody on the planet, whoever lives, has a chance to come to him. And, you know, usually he's using us, but there are times when maybe he just shows up. Right. But, you know, yeah, I could just see a fair God giving everyone a shot. But here's the reason why I'm bringing that up. So I'm doing a, a, my other podcast and Dan mentions, you know, oh, yeah, you remember that uh the execute the ISIS executioner who ends up becoming a Christian. And I'm like, what? So I Google it, find the story in the New York times. And it's a crazy story about, you know, this jihad executioner, um, you know, total, just you know, Muslim, let's kill all the infidels. And he ends up becoming a Christian. And it was because of a vision that he had. I mean, it was a lot of things, right? But it was a vision that really pushed him over the edge. And now, and he has no intention at all of going to the West. Because, you know, in the article, they go, well, it's not unusual when Muslims come to Western countries that they'll become Christians just to assimilate. It's how the article put it, right? You know, whether or not they actually had a right. conversion, it's, it's, a, it's the New York Times, right? And they're just like, oh, they assimilate. But he's like, look, I have no intention of doing that. I'm going to stay right where I am, even though I know I could be killed because I used to be the guy killing people. And I'm like, right. wow, dude, that is just so insanely powerful. Yeah. Yeah, that's that puts faith in its in its context. So here, 
while we're screwing around over here, deconstructing our faith, you know, feeling all big. And yeah, I'm going to, you know, in these other parts of the world, they're literally ready to die yeah. for this faith in Christ. And it is such a contrast, you know, where um, I just find it really interesting. I love that you took it there because that's kind of what I'm getting at is the gospel is waxing everywhere else here. What we're seeing, even, and you know, this, like even our media, like I, I have long felt it was kind of like we're Brexit. You listen to Brexit um, in the UK, it was in the UK the week that Brexit happened and that vote passed. And if you would turn on the news, you thought that nobody in their right mind, nobody possibly could believe in Brexit. According to the media, it was just these yahoos off to the side and they won. And I even said to Andrew that night, I said, you know, I don't think, I think it's going to pass. And she goes, why? And I go, because it's like Shakespeare said, the lady doth protest too much, methinks. Mm. You know, there's just, there's just, and it's like that in our culture right now, where our media is just all one thing. And we're not getting, uh, I don't think, an accurate picture where people are thinking and believing. I will tell you this year, people started asking about God. People started thinking about him a lot in the face of their own mortality. And the media has not voiced at all. But if you watch, this, this is always the funny thing to me. I'll watch a TV show. I always find it funny how the main characters in all these TV shows are like anti-God. Whenever God comes up, they're anti-God. And I'm thinking, that's not accurate. Because 70%, uh, anywhere from 70 to 80% in America, people say that they believe in a God, right. not, not like the God of the Bible or whatever. <laughs> but there is at least a core belief there. Right. And the media acts like the like 99% of the people walking around are atheists. And it's just not true. Right. So I don't think we're getting an accurate representation but i would say that um we are in a bigger mess than ever before um i think that the church is a mess i think that um you know uh people are losing hope they're getting discouraged and yet uh, right now all around me i'm seeing god actually working in the lives of people i know like there is a very real sense that the spirit of god is doing something as, as C.S. Lewis puts it. Um, when, uh, the, the ice begins to thaw in the Chronicles of Narnia line, which in wardrobe, uh, Beaver says Aslan's on the move, mm. you know, he, he begins to realize, okay, something's happening. I do think that we're in a period right now, of spiritual significance, something's happening. When I see the church kind of getting sifted a bit. And after this past year, where the foundations were and the, and the rug was pulled out from under them. I just wonder what's happening. What's going on? The, the idolatry was exposed in uh, American evangelicalism to a certain degree where everyone was coming out prophesying a second term for Trump. And they realized, wait, a lot of these guys that have been leading us are charlatans. You know, they, they, they probably, and then they're having to come out saying, okay, I didn't hear from the Lord. And it's like, yeah, something's drastically wrong here. And mm. some of that stuff got exposed. And so I just wonder what's happening. You know, people are suddenly starting to turn to 
discipleship groups or talking church. You have no idea how many people approach me on a weekly basis, Peyton. Like I just had a conversation with a, a big church pastor yesterday who came out of like uh, Craig Rochelle and some other big names. Um, he mentioned some of the names like, uh, I just won't mention them, but some of these these big mega church movements and they had one. And um, God just called them to break it up, go into these multiplying house churches. And they're going through plantology as a team. That's why he reached out. He's like, we've read, cha-ching, we've read everything that you've written, starting with church zero. And then we're through reaching the unreached. And that was all, it, part of that was part of their journey. And then um, they, they got hold of some other books as well. He goes, we're going through plantology right now. We're trying to like kind of rip our entire DNA inside out. And um, something's happening, dude. Things are happening. So, Aslan's cool. on the move. Aslan's on the move, baby. That's what you're going to call this one, aren't you? I think so. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So, all right, brother. Well, hey, that's, uh, we will see you guys in a couple of weeks and uh, pray for those children that Pete will torment um, at summer camp. <laughs> How about pray for Pete that the kids will torment? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's probably true, too. This is a this is an equal opportunities tormenting session going on here. So, uh, but yeah, all right, guys. Well, hey, thanks for joining us today. Um, by the way, Pete, I want to ask you, um, what would you do if you were me and and you had a website, and you had a bunch of sermons, and YouTube videos, and podcasts, and you were like, hey, you know what? I really would like to keep people on my webpage. I don't want them to like click on all these links and go off my webpage because you know, as a marketer, Pete, you know how important it is to, to keep hold of your audience, keep them where you want them. Where would you go for something like that? You know, it's funny you should ask because I go to simple, no, hold on, uh, sermonboss.com. <laughs> sermon, sermon, wait, sermon, super, no, sermon, sermonboss.com? Sermonboss.com. <laughs> I have no idea what they do, but I hear about them and they do great stuff. That's, that's what I hear. <laughs> yes, they do do great stuff, Pete. They do. Uh, so go to sermonboss.com. They will keep all of your media on your website where people can access it and they'll help you get off the ground. That's what you want. After all, you want to take people through a proper channel. Once you got them, you want to keep them and then you want to deploy them into the action steps you want. You don't want to lose them because you've sent them to a link. So sermonboss.com. And while you're doing all that sermon bossing, Pete, how do you keep, uh, that's a hard one. That's a hard, hard segue. How do you keep people uh, tax, IRS tax compliance, keep their bookkeepers? Uh, you know, <laughs> I can't do it. The, the way that I do is I go to simplifychurch.com. <laughs> Simplifychurch.com. Simplifychurch.com. We got two sponsors. Can you believe we got two sponsors and do stuff with us? Can you believe they're <laughs> still sponsors after our ads? Well, one of them's still kind of new. We'll see. The other, other one, like I don't think he's listened to the podcast in years and has no idea how badly we butcher his commercial. <laughs> we probably don't even need to still advertise. We do it for two reasons. One. Because of integrity, because we told them we would. And two, we do it 
dang it, because he's a good product. And as a bonus, let me throw out a third reason. We do it because three, we love to butcher the ads. That's true. Let's be real, Pete. That's that true. is true. Okay, yeah. well, guys, uh, that might be the most true thing we said today. And uh, thanks for joining us. We'll see you in a couple weeks when uh, we each get back from our respective vacation. And in the meantime, we want to remind you that this has been Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell reminding you that if you want to reach those that nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody is doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Music